0: Who would have imagined that the scary, violent Vikings who wore horned helmets and sailed from coast to coast, terrifying people and stealing from villagers, actually had a peaceful pastime? On cold winter nights, do you know what these war-loving Vikings gathered to do? Believe it or not, the mighty Vikings would put down their weapons, curl up by a roaring fire, and listen to poetry. Poetry and storytelling are one of the most important parts of Viking and Norse culture. Today, on Leif Erikson Day, we'll discover what makes a Viking poem, and how Leif changed the world. Hi, I'm your host, Heidi Illion, and this is Brilliant Mornings. Join us as we ignite a passion for discovering history. This season, we explore holidays in the United States— finding the stories of the people behind them. We focus on the poetry and narratives, written or oral, behind the great men and women of the past and use their linguistic art to fuel our own writing. What if you and a friend decided to travel around the world, but you would each go in a different direction and see how long it would take to meet up on the other side? One of you would go to the east and one would go to the west. Here are the rules of the game, though. You could only walk or use boats that you had made. No cars or planes allowed. How long would it take you to meet on the other side of the world? This actually happened throughout the history of humans, very slowly over many, many thousands of years. And it wasn't a game. It was a matter of survival. Huge families called people groups did not know that the Earth was round, and they were not racing to get to the other side they were moving across the earth to find food, shelter, safety, also freedom, power, and even riches. Along the way, wondrous civilizations were formed and cities were built. Grab your globe or world map today so you can trace the journey of the human race. Can you find Africa? Can you move up to the Middle East? When humans began to disperse throughout the world, some people groups traveled to the right, which is east, through Asia, and the countries we now call China and Russia. Can you point to them? Do you see the Pacific Ocean? Brave explorers traveled by boat to the shores of the continent of North America and made their home from west all the way to the east coast. We know these people as Native Americans. While many groups were migrating to the East, like the Native Americans, others were moving North and West through the Middle East and Europe. Can you find the Mediterranean Sea? What about Italy, France, and Germany? Now move up just a little to Norway and Sweden, where the Norse or North people lived They continued moving west to Iceland and Greenland. Now, about 1,000 years ago, humans had basically covered the whole earth, but there was still a tiny gap that had not yet been traveled. The descendants of those humans who had originally moved east had not yet met those who went west until a group crossed that little stretch of the Atlantic Ocean. Who could those people have been? They must have been from a culture that loved exploring and that was skilled in sailing and that perhaps only had a short distance to go. A group that already lived in Greenland. Any guesses? Well, the inhabitants of Greenland were called the Norse people. You remember that Norse means north. Those Norsemen who traveled by boat were called Vikings. Historical records suggest that these Vikings were the first Europeans to discover North America. These Vikings were tall, huge, and tough. Their amazingly strong, long, skinny boats navigated farther and better than anyone else's in the world at that time. They terrified their neighbors, since Vikings would not only trade with other nations, but loved to raid and steal from the villages they encountered. These Vikings loved war. They fought other nations, and they even fought each other. They believed that they were God's who also liked to fight. Gods like Odin and the goddess Frigga. Their son, Thor, was the god of thunder. Does Thor sound familiar? If you read Marvel comics, you know that they made this hammer-wielding Norse god called Thor into a superhero character. Guess what? Although you probably don't believe in these gods, you probably say their names all the time. Think about their names as you sing the Days of the Week song. Ready? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Do you remember that most of the days of our week come from the languages of ancient people and their religions? Friday comes from Frigga, the goddess of the Norse and Germanic people. Thursday was named after Thor. Can you hear it? Thor's Day, the day of thunder. Today, you'll hear some of these names in our story. The Pizza and Poetry Group has traveled to a new place to discover some of the most complicated and beautiful poetry in history. On a crisp, clear night, under a carpet of twinkling fireballs, uh, I mean stars, 12 children snuggled around an outdoor fire. These children loved poetry, and they had traveled to Canada to enjoy Norse Palms in one of the same exact spots that the Vikings had over 1,000 years ago. This place is called Lanzo Meadows in New Finland. I have a poem, said Micah, first son." Sold a cutter. smiles now with molehole. Oh, this is like a pun. Can you read it again, nice and loudly? First son salt a cutter, smiles now with his molehole. Did you notice that there are six syllables in each line, Micah? What's a syllable? A syllable is a part of a word, a syllable has a vowel sound in it. Let's take a look at your name, Micah, Micah, one, two. It has two syllables. What about Leah, Leah, one, two. Leah has two syllables. What about family, one, two, three. Three syllables, three parts, see? What about pumpernickel, one, two, three, four. Pumpernickel has four syllables in it. Go ahead and see if everybody here can figure out how many syllables are in their name. The children all pause to clap out their names and find how many syllables were in them. Then they turn their attention back to Micah's poem. Let's count how many syllables are in the first line and the second line. In some Viking poetry, each line has to have six syllables. So let's see if Micah's does. First son sold a cutter. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's good. It has six syllables. Smiles now with his mole hole. One, two, three, four, five, six. Again, the second line has six syllables. Viking poetry has a lot of riddles. They use one phrase or word to stand for something else. And you have to use your brain and figure out what it means. Hmm. First son sold his cutters. What are cutters? Asked Jack. Maybe scissors? Or what is something else that cuts? Axes, guessed Tao. Maybe, mused Claire, but the second line tells something about having a hole in his smile. Oh, yelled Peyton. He lost a tooth. A tooth is a cutter. It cuts food. So this poem is about Micah losing a tooth. Everyone laughed. Viking poetry, as we said, includes lots of riddles said Leah. Yes, they're called Kennings, responded Wes. Instead of saying wind, Viking poets would say torturer of the trees, since wind shakes up trees. That's fun, said Maddie. So if I wanted to say sun, I could say the moon's sister. Or if I wanted to say stars, maybe I could call them fireballs or diamonds. The children each took turns telling their own Viking poems. Remember, though, Norse poets called Skald had a lot of other rules, said Peyton's mom. You had to use alliteration in specific places. Alliteration is the repeating of sounds, like the S in first sun, sold, his cutter, smiles now. Also, in all of the even lines, the last word has to rhyme with another word in the line, like mole and hole rhyme. Wow, that's complicated Laughed Levi. I kind of just want to eat these yummy grapes. Or should I say, good grapes. Good grapes make me giddy. There's some alliteration with the g-g sound. He said while chomping down on some fresh grapes the children had picked themselves on their hike that day. We found so many grapevines today. No wonder the Vikings named this place Vineland or Finland. It was Leif Eriksson that came up with the name Finland, said Claire. From the stories passed down to us in history, it seems like he could have been the first European that stepped foot on North American land. What stories? asked Jack. Well, the Vikings were expert storytellers. They passed down stories about their history orally to their children, so that their children could then tell their children. Finally, the Vikings wrote down these stories. I just finished reading the Greenland saga, said Claire. "'Wait, is this a story of Thor?' asked Micah, adding a log onto the fire. "'No, no, no,' Jonathan responded. "'I'll tell you about Thor. I just read about him. "'The Vikings believed in many gods. "'Thor was the son of Odin, and his job was to defend the gods' home. "'Thor's great power helped him to fight giants and a huge snake monster. "'He rode around in a chariot pulled by two goats.' The noise of his chariot and the sound of his huge hammer crashing down in battle caused the sound of thunder. That's what they believed anyway. That's why he's called the God of Thunder. The Norse people honored Thor and asked him for help as they fought battles. They even named their children after him. Leif Erikson's brothers were Thorvald and Thorstein. That's right, said Claire. Okay, so now I'll tell you about Leif. Leif's family revered Thor and they loved to fight his grandfather was kicked out of Norway for murder and moved to Iceland. Then Thor's father, Eric the Red, had to leave Iceland as a punishment for murder. He sailed west with his family and friends to a new land which he called Greenland. Here, young Leif grew up learning the ways of the Vikings and hearing stories of explorers. One such sailor, named Bjarni, Claimed he had found a new land even farther west, but he had never actually stepped foot on it to discover it. Leif, being brave and willing, decided to find this new land. He took a group of men with him. They set sail. And to their joy, they did indeed find a new land to the west. They finally landed in an area which had much salmon and grapes. They built houses here and spent the winter before returning to their home in Greenland. Look, I also found the saga of Eric the Red, Leif's father... Said Peyton. It tells another story about Leif. He sailed all the way to Norway to stay with the epic king Olaf Tryggvason who helped him become a Christian. King Olaf asked him to go back to Greenland and share Christianity with the people there. The story says that as Leif was sailing back to Greenland a huge storm came and suddenly blew him off course all the way to the new land. He found maple trees there and took them back to Greenland since trees don't grow easily in Greenland. On his way back, he found some men that had been shipwrecked, and he took them aboard his ship. After this, he was called Leif the Lucky. As soon as he arrived home, he now had the task of sharing Christianity with his family. His father became angry and would not leave his gods, but his mother became a Christian. I wonder what that conversation with his father looked like, Micah said. Welcome home, my son, his father must have said. Thor has protected you on your journey and caused you to find a new land. I've had a wonderful journey, Father, and many exciting years with King Olaf. But, Father, I believe it was a different god that helped me in my travels. Ah, you've learned of another god while in Norway. We have so many already. Well, very well, what's his name? We'll add him in. No, Father, this is the only god. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Have you gone mad, son? You tell me there is no Thor, the one who protects and sustains us? Father, you can understand. Just like Odin, the father, had a son, Thor, and he kills the great serpent, God the creator loved us and sent his son, Jesus Christ, who conquered a different serpent in death. Ah, so this Jesus is a fighter. What is his weapon? He comes in love. Love. Bah! You try to make a fool of me. I will not be fooled into becoming weak. Our people are fighters. We kill and we win. Father, Jesus gave up his life for you and for me to save us from our sinful ways. So he is dead? No, he's alive. He was too powerful for death. Son, you ask me to give up every part of my life as a Viking. I cannot. That must have been very hard for Leif. "'said Peyton, pulling a blanket close around her shoulders. "'Yes,' Claire sympathized. "'But his mother did become a Christian, "'and Christianity began to spread throughout the land, "'although it was mixed with belief in all the previous gods. "'I'd be proud to be a son like Leif,' thought Jonathan. "'He was brave and not afraid to believe in the cause he found. "'If only Leif was the one who met the Native Americans in North America later on, "'perhaps he would have seen them as brothers rather than a threat.' Do you know that the Greenlandiga saga and other stories have been translated into English? You can read them and find out all about the history of the Vikings. Today try to write a poem in which each line has six syllables, just like the Viking poetry. And one more challenge, find someone different from yourself and show them kindness. To celebrate Leif Erikson Day today, eat a salmon dinner and lots of grapes for dessert. Enjoy! This recording is the exclusive property of Heidi Ilian with intro and outro music by Matt Raycar. Special guest today was Micah.